Hey, you're listening to the Encounter Church podcast. To learn more about Encounter Church, visit us at ecdenver.org, or you can find us on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Thank you for listening. Uh, Glad you're here. I brought my iPad with me. It's this. (laughs) I get picked on by this staff with no mercy because I use these things, and they call it my iPad. When I... When I go to pastor's meetings, I have this, and Pat, they say, Pat, Pat has his iPad, and all the others pull out their real iPads. But this, here's my iPad for today. And also, before we get into this, I'd like to just say, you know, the history of this church is like 50 years old, 45, 50 years old, and it was born in fire. Is it older than that? 61 years? And, and uh, it's, it was born in fire, born in the power of the Holy Spirit, born in life. And we've always said, Pastor Reese says, every Pastor Marilyn says, et cetera, we are word and spirit. Teach the word of God and let the Holy Spirit touch lives. Can we have anything else in life? No. What can we do without the Holy Spirit's power? Nothing. What can we do without the word of God? Nothing. So when you see the word of God working and the Holy Spirit moving in whatever service you come to, Understand that's not just the history of this church. It's the history of the Word of God. This is the Word of God. The book of Acts did not get buried in a ditch somewhere with the gifts of the Spirit gone, with the power of the Holy Spirit gone. It's alive today. The Holy Spirit is moving today. In fact, dear wonderful friends, if we don't have the moving of the Holy Spirit today, we're in deep trouble. Our world is changing fast. Amen? It's going, it's going in places we don't like. How many have seen some of the rough things going on out there? Anybody out there? Okay. Now, I, I, and if you want to, you can shout. This is, a, this is okay to shout. If I fall off this, don't worry about that. <laughs> shout, Pastor, or Ken, Ken Parsons, you can shout hallelujah if you want to. Hallelujah. Thank you very much. And Lee, you can shout amen. amen. All right, now we're cooking here. So it's okay to shout. It's okay to get involved. Um, I'm going to be looking with you at the subject of warriors, wimps. Oh, that's a tough word. Warriors, wimps, and waiters. There it is right there. Warriors, wimps, and waiters. Say, what in the world does that mean? Uh, And I I found these three words kind of explode in my heart reading Matthew chapter 14 the other day. And the Holy Spirit just speaking to me that it, you know, Jesus used boats all the time didn't he? You read the Gospels, he's using boats to teach from. He gets in a boat to travel across the Sea of Galilee. Oh, there it is. That's the actual boat that Peter used. It's amazing. But Jesus used boats all the time, and he would stand on them and teach them, teach the people from the boat because there were so many people crowding him that he couldn't even stand on the land. So he used boats all the time. He used the boats to cross the Sea of Galilee to do ministry and to save lives and to do what he had to do to teach the disciples certain things. One experience was in Matthew chapter 14 where they were in a boat. And Jesus used that experience to teach them many things, but I'm bringing out three that spoke to me. He taught them about being, being warriors or wimps and waiters. And he said, how do you get that out of here, out of there? Because I'm an Irishman. I get things out of everything. I just, where it comes from, who knows? But how many think we should be warriors today? Who wants to be a spiritual warrior? See, this word warrior, 
Sometimes ladies might say, well, that's, this is a man's message. No, this is, this is a body of Christ message. This, this is for men and women in Christ. God wants us all to be warriors. Say warrior. Look at somebody and say, you're a warrior. Yeah, God, see, we, <laughs> I know we look at each other like, wow, you look like a warrior? Not really. Uh, but I'm talking about inside. I'm talking about here in the spirit realm. You look much bigger, much more powerful in here than you can ever understand out here. You, you do have the glory of Jesus Christ in you. Amen? Christ. The risen Savior lives in every one of you if you're born again. And he was a warrior. The Bible talks about God, the God, Almighty God in, in the Old Testament. It literally called him a warrior, that he was a warrior on behalf of Israel. God would go to war for them. Jesus is a warrior. Go to Revelation chapter 19 for a minute and see what kind of warfare he does in the second coming of Christ. It's really quite amazing. He comes and does war against the devil, war against wickedness. Jesus is a warrior. He wants us to be warriors. But we are living in a time that we are being intimidated and lied to and deceived and manipulated where so many in the body of Christ become wimps. Oh, that's a hard word, Pastor Pat. How dare you call me a wimp? I didn't call you a wimp. I just called whoever it fits, you know. We're all wimps. We go from wimp to warrior and warrior to wimp many times. All of us do. There are days I should have spoke up and I was a wimp. And there's other days I did speak up or I did minister to the sick or I did do, and I became a warrior. We go in and out of these things. But God sees us as warriors in Christ. And because of that, we can do warrior-like things. So what did Jesus do in Matthew chapter 14? I'm just going to read through part of this and comment on some of it. He said in verse 22, immediately he made the disciples get into the boat, wherever that boat went, and go ahead of him to the other side while he sent the crowds away. After he had sent the crowds away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. And when it was evening, he was there alone. But the boat was already a long distance from the land, battered by the waves. I love this for a couple of reasons. Number one, Jesus went up to the mountain to pray, knowing his people were going to go into a storm. I have news for you. In the book of Hebrews, it talks about Jesus as our high priest. Did you know that Jesus Christ, our loving, wonderful Lord, is in heaven right now interceding for you? and interceding for the body of Christ. It says in the book of Hebrews, our high priest ever liveth to make intercession for us. That was the King James Version. He ever liveth to make intercession for us. So just like he sent the disciples into the storm and he was on the mountain praying, he has sent us, and this is not by accident. This is by design that you are alive in 2023. You're not here by accident. You are here by the will of God in this age where we are facing so many battles, so many political battles, financial battles, emotional strains on families, you name it. But Jesus put us here at this time because he's on the mountain, Mount Zion right now, interceding for his people so that we would prevail in the storm. And you know what? I have good news for you, warriors. We will prevail because he never has a prayer go unanswered. Amen? Amen. Say amen. amen. Even if it hurts, amen. amen. 
He prays for us. Oh, I like that about Jesus. Of course, the Holy Spirit's praying for us too. In Romans chapter 8, it says the Holy Spirit is interceding for us, making groans that we can't even utter. So we have, and that's great, we have the Holy Spirit interceding. We've got Jesus interceding for us. And there's nothing that can happen except victory. So why are we freaking out in our day? Because we are. The church is freaking out. We all hear about less attendance, and we hear about Christians that are losing their faith, and they don't read the Bible. But you guys read the Bible. You go to church. Here you are. You hear all this news out there, but don't ever, ever shortchange the, the power of Jesus praying and the Holy Spirit interceding for us. What does that mean? When you wake up in the morning, you wake up anointed, ready to go. Because Christ in you is anointed and ready to go. You wake up ready to say, devil, get under my feet. Jesus has conquered you. You say, well, you don't know my problems. Yeah, I kind of do. I still live here on earth. We all know the problems. But folks, you got to get a hold of the word. You get a hold of the victory. You get a hold of Christ in you, the hope of glory. And his life in us and through us changes the reality around us. It does. You're looking at me like a goat at a new gate. Or is it a cow at a new gate? What is, which is it? A dog at a new gate? Which is so Jesus in, in Matthew 14, he went to the mountain to pray. He sends them out. And when it was evening, he was there alone. But the boat, look out. The boat was a long distance from land, battered by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Anybody have any contrary winds? Anybody see it in the daytime, in the news? We have contrary winds blowing all over the place. Oh, but in the midst of that contrary wind, Jesus saw them from the mountaintop. And he saw what they didn't see. He saw that he, they were going to make it to the other side because he said, we're going to go to the other side. They didn't catch that. They got freaked out because of the storm. You know, nothing moves God. Nothing changes God's purpose, will, direction for your life. Storms come and storms, storms go and come and whatever, but Jesus continues moving down the path for your life, for your victory. And so they're, freak, they're freaking out. And then it says in verse 25, if you have your Bible or phone or whatever, in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them. Fourth watch of the night. You know what time that is? That's between 3 and 6 a.m. He waited until between 3 and 6 a.m. to come out to them. And they're in the storm freaking out in the middle of Galilee. Sometimes you think Jesus is late. Jesus, where is he? I don't know why God's waiting so long for me. Listen, the storm is not going to determine your future. It just won't. The battles of this earth will not determine the will of God in your life. I don't care if it's 3 a.m. and you're waiting for your rent to be paid or your car payment to be made or whatever the case might be or for your child to get off drugs. Whatever the case might be, in the early morning hours, if God shows up then, then he's showing up with a purpose and a plan, and he will bring about victory for you. Don't ever quit in faith. And this story that we're looking at is a story of faith, and we'll see that here in a minute. And then he says to them in verse 26, when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified. It is a ghost, they said. And they cried out in fear. But immediately, that's all our first response. Where are you going there, young lady? Do it, girl. Do it. Just don't hit anybody with that cane. Okay, thank you. She would. She would. 
Immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, take courage, it is I. And Peter said to him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And he said, Jesus said, come. And I'm going to talk about that a little bit more. Listen to that one word, come. And Peter got out of the boat. Remember that phrase, got out of the boat and walked on the water and came towards Jesus. But seeing the wind, he freaked out. We know the story. He freaked out, grabs, shouts out to Jesus, save me. Save me, Jesus. Help me, I'm sinking. Have you ever felt that way? I, I've actually felt that way. Probably called out. Help me, I'm sinking here in my life, in my marriage, in my parenting, in my ministry, in my health. Help me, Jesus. And isn't Jesus wonderful? He, did, he, didn't, he didn't, amen, sister. He didn't say, oh, sorry, can't help you. Uh, Somebody else is shouting in St. Louis. I don't have time for you in Denver. <laughs> Jesus' mercy reaches out, grabs Peter's hand, pulls him up, and says, oh, Peter, Peter, why didn't you have enough faith? What's the matter with you? Now, that, sh that shocks me because I would have said, enough faith, Jesus, we're walking on water. You want me to be doing what you do? Now, think about this. Jesus was shocked that Peter wasn't doing what Jesus was doing. And you know what? Listen up, body of Christ. Jesus is shocked right now that his people are not doing what he is doing. He is stunned. He looks around today at the church and we're afraid like these guys in the boat. We're freaked out over the storms of life, the politics we're hearing, all the junk going on around us. And we are so pushed back because of fear. And Jesus is saying, if you'll just have faith in my ability, you'll start doing my works and you'll walk with me. This is something God is wanting all of us to do. And even now, we as the body of Christ, we're just so apathetic. We don't read the word enough. We don't pray in, the t in tongues enough. We don't stand in the, in, the, in, the, in the winds of the world and speak the life of God enough. And so we are intimidated and get pushed away. And we don't do what Jesus is doing. What's Jesus doing? He's healing the sick. He's casting out devils. He's raising the dead. He's preaching the gospel in Africa, Asia, all over the place. And if we believed what he was doing, we'd do it with him. And if we believed that we could walk in him, we would walk in what he's doing. You say, oh, Pat, that's just fanciful preaching. No, it's the truth. Look at me, it's the truth. Say, it's the truth. Look at somebody and say, it's the truth. Say, now, if it's the truth, why, why aren't we seeing anything? Because we're not believing what Jesus is telling us to do. He wants us to be warriors. See, now, Peter was a warrior. Peter at least got out of the boat. Peter at least believed when Jesus said, come, Peter responded. And that's the key to being a warrior. Peter saw Jesus, Peter heard Jesus say, come, and then Peter responded with obedience. That's all it takes to be a spiritual warrior. Just see Jesus in the word, hear what he's saying to you, and then respond in obedience to what the word of God is telling you to do that day. You'll be a warrior for Christ. You'll witness the people you never thought you could. You'll pray for the sick you never thought you could. You'll do things you never thought you could because you're obeying Jesus, not because it's you doing it. And Peter was a warrior. What were the others doing? <laughs> the others were in the boat. Where's the boat? Put that boat back up there. They were in the boat. 
and they were hiding out in the boat. You see them there? They're ducked down in there. There's Bartholomew and, and Luke and Matthew and, and, and not Luke. Luke wasn't. A, anyway, whoever they were. I think there were 12 of them. And there was one walking on water. Peter was a warrior because he saw Jesus, heard Jesus, obeyed Jesus. The others saw a ghost and freaked out. What are you seeing right now in your Christian life? What do you see? Are you seeing Jesus working? Or are you seeing the devil? Are you seeing politics? Are you seeing leadership that's people that you don't like or trust? What do you see right now in your Christian life? Jesus. Jesus. Boy, you came up here with fire. <laughs> Amen. Good girl. So Peter got out of the boat. The others were in the boat. Now, the key to life, the key to Christianity is you got to get out of the boat, folks. Could you move that for me, Eliphaz, please? You got to get just over there. It's fine. He works out. He can handle that. The key to Christianity is simply get out of the boat. It really is. Just get out of the, get out of the stinking boat. Too many Christians are hiding in the boat. They've, they never get out. And so it's kind of like this. Say, pretend somebody's sitting there. Hey, get out of the boat, man. No, I'm scared. Why are you so scared? Well, I'm not sure if God will come through for me. You know, I trusted him 15 years ago. Didn't work, so I kind of gave up on him. So you're still in the stinking boat because you're afraid of something that happened 15 years ago? Get out of the boat, man. Trust God. Well, you don't know what happened to me as a kid. I was abused and I was hurt and I don't know if I can get out of the boat and walk by faith on the water. I'm not sure if I can trust God. What's the matter with you? Greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. Get out of the boat. What's the matter? Get up, walk with Peter and let's get moving with God. Well, I tried, but if I lay hands on the sick, they might not recover. And if they don't recover, I'm going to kind of look like a failure. And if I look like a failure, then I, maybe God's not going to be happy with me. Listen, it's not you doing it. It's Jesus doing it in you and through. Get out of the boat and start walking by faith and watch the word of God work. Can you do that? Can you just trust God in you to walk by faith and he'll do the rest you know, that's good preaching, Pastor Pat. You know, I, I, think I, I think I can do that. So can we get out of the book? Can I get out with you? Yeah, let's get up and get moving. Okay, come on, let's go. Yeah. I think he got the message. Was that him or was that him? I can't remember now. I think he got the message. I think he got out of the boat. See, that's what God wants. He wants us to get out of the boat. They didn't get in the boat. I mean, they didn't get out of the boat. They were stuck in their fear. See, the boat can, can represent our flesh, our background, our soul man that controls our life. Jesus walking on water can represent the supernatural, the spirit realm, the kingdom of God. And when Jesus said to Peter, come, Peter, what Jesus was really saying is, Peter, come out of the, the dimension of man. 
Come out of the dimension of the world. Come out of the dimension of your fear and what you think can or can't happen. Come over here, Peter, to the kingdom of God, to the power of the Holy Spirit, to the spirit realm, and I'll show you things that you can't even imagine as you're hiding in the boat. You will never, folks, listen to me. You'll never experience the adventure of Jesus if you stay in the boat. You just won't. He'll let you ride it out. He'll let you ride out your Christianity on earth. Yeah, you'll go to heaven, but you'll go to heaven still with the paddle in your hand from the boat <laughs> saying, Jesus, that boat was really beautiful. And Jesus saying, I never wanted you to stay in the boat. I wanted you to get out of it and start walking with me in the realm of miracles and the kingdom and the spirit and start doing something with the gifts I gave you. Right, even right here, right now. Some of you have been given gifts by God and you're hiding them in the boat. You're a wimp. Hate to tell you that. You're a wimp because you're, ch you're challenged by fear. If you start getting a hold of Christ in you, the power of God working through you, you'll get out of that boat and say, I can walk in the gifts of the Spirit. I can be used by God. I can preach the gospel. I can go out there and tell somebody about Jesus. I can lay hands on the sick. I can be a better parent. I can handle my money more wisely. Whatever the case might be, folks. But you're controlled by fear. I hate to tell you this. Too many Christians are controlled by fear. Amen. Flat out fearful people get out of the boat folks start enjoying christianity now don't wait till heaven are you kidding me this is the life this is the joy this is the adventure of all adventures i when i got born again 40 plus whatever years ago it changed my life i don't want to go back i got out of the boat then satan's tried to put me back in the boat mm -hmm. with fear and stuff but i won't go back I, did the, 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 I think two days after I got saved, started handing out tracts. Remember tracts? Hand out those papers thing. They littered the whole world, paper everywhere. Knocked on doors. Have you heard about Jesus? Prayed for the sick. Then the gifts of the Spirit begin to bubble up on me. You say, well, that's because you're a pastor. I didn't even know what the Bible was back then. Didn't have a clue between the Old and New Testament when I got saved. Didn't have any upbringing in the Spirit of God. Didn't have any training, any teaching. Didn't have anything in my life. All I had was Jesus Christ and him crucified. And he saved me and he changed me and he filled me with his Spirit. And I got out of the boat and I said, go, let's go, Jesus. Oh, you want me to get married? I'll get married. You want me to start a church? Let's start a church with my dear wife. You want me to do this? You want me to start a, start a witnessing center? I'll start a witnessing center. I didn't know what I was doing. I have bluffed my way through Christianity <laughs> more than anybody else has. Trust me. I, have, I just said, Jesus, I can do this. I remember when uh, Pastor Wally, when Pastor Wally was our senior pastor years ago, we used to lead worship back then with those transparencies. And, you know, you laid them on the overhead. And I had never led worship in my life. And I was the youth pastor at that time. He said, Pat, you're going to lead worship today, like 15 minutes before church. <laughs> I'm not exaggerating. Here, here's the trans what we call transparency. Help me remember transparencies. Oh, they're in museums now <laughs> with the overhead projector. I said, you want me to lead worship? And we, all we had was one lady at the piano. What was her name? Edith or something? And, and, and he said, yeah, lead worship. And we had... 
There were a lot of people at that church at that time. If we, I, I, I've never done this, Pastor Wally. Doesn't matter. Just get up there and do it. So he gives me the transparencies. I give them to the lady who puts them on the machine, and I just start leading worship. Say, how did you do that? Well, number one, I freaked out. Number one, I went from being a wimp to a warrior simply by believing God, speaking through Pastor Wally, saying, I can do this. I can do this. And that all happened in a split second of time. And, I, and then I started helping lead worship a little bit more. And I've done it in different places. I don't do it anything like Pastor Bree. Are you kidding me? I do it like shower kind of worship. <laughs> it's kind of like a shower, you know. It's a happy shower with lots of soap. It's really, it's really great. Uh, and, then, and then when I started prophesying, I didn't know anything about the word of prophecy. I had no clue. I was sitting on the platform once at, at what was in Happy Church, and this fire came on me. I said, what in the world? And I leaned over to Pastor Marilyn. I said, I feel like I am just burning up. She said, that's God. Just get up and give what he's giving you. So I gave up. I got up and just started giving a prophetic word. Didn't have a clue what I was doing. Didn't know what I was saying. But I obeyed my leader who said, get up and give it. And I, I just got out of the boat. See, we are fools for Christ. Amen. If you think you're anything else, you're kidding yourself. We are fools for Christ. You make a fool of yourself giving a prophetic word. Fine, if it ministers life, do it. Paul said, this preaching of the gospel is foolishness unto men. Foolishness? Paul, you're preaching. Yeah, but it's foolishness. People think that you're a fool. You're an idiot. You're, you're kind of a goofball, Paul. You're preaching about this invisible kingdom. Paul said, it's fine. Let them say it's foolish, but it is the life of God. It's the life of God. Get out of the boat, folks. We are not living in the day for, for wimps. We just aren't. We're living in a day for warriors. And you're kidding yourself if you think you can just glide on by right now in this world at this time. You better be praying. You better be in the word of God. You better know what the word of... I'm just going to leave it right here. It's okay. <laughs> I like preaching from this side of the platform. All right? No. You've got to be prepared. The enemy's arrows are, are flying everywhere. Just go outside. Go home today after church. See what's cooking out there. You better have the word here. You better have it here. You better have it here. You better know what it means to walk by love and not by fear. You better know how to walk by faith and not by sight. You better know the fruit of the Spirit. You better know the gifts of the Spirit. You better know the Bible. And then you better obey the Bible. So, man, quit slapping me, Mahoney. Some of you need to be slapped. That's kind of a Marilyn Hickey thing, isn't it? I'm going to slap you. So the last part of this is then this. And worship team, come back up. The last part of this is this. Warriors, wimps, and what does that say? Waiters. So what was this all about? Jesus had a goal in mind from the beginning. He put them in the boat. The storm came, had nothing to do with the goal that Jesus had. He was going to go to the other side. Now, he stopped the storm because they were scared. I believe if they would have walked by faith with him, they could have just rode out the storm, went to the other side, and who cared if there was winds and waves anyway? We're with Jesus. He's the creator. But he stopped it for them, and he'll do that for us because he loves us. But notice what he wanted them to do. 
the last verse of chapter 14. When they had crossed over, they came to land at Gennesaret. This was just a town on the other side of the Sea of Galilee. And when the men of that place, now listen, listen closely. Don't watch them. Watch my beautiful bald head. When they recognized him, they sent word. The people of this community sent word into all that surrounding district and brought to him all who were sick. And they implored him that they might just touch the fringe of his cloak. And as many as touched it were healed. Isn't that beautiful? That's what he wanted them to experience. He put them in the boat because he knew he was going to take them for some kind of experience to teach them that the goal of the kingdom is to help people. That's what it means by being a waiter. We're here to serve. Say, that's what my life is all about? Yeah, you're a servant. You're, you're, you're a great servant. Now, some of you might actually be waiters and, and waitresses. You know what I'm talking about, about servants. Not easy. But we, what? It's rewarding. You get your hamburger. That's right. I know, I know. But the end result is we minister to people. We serve others. And if you're a wimp, you'll never learn how to serve other people. Because you know what? I hate, I hate to be this honest again. This might be the last time I preach for a while. But <laughs> if, if you are not a warrior and you're a wimp, it's going to be all about you. And you'll not want to serve other people. Because about your hurts, pray for me, I'm sick. Help me, I'm hurting. I'm lost, I'm lonely, uh, I'm afraid. A me, me, a me, me, a me, 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 a me, me, a me, me, a me, 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 a me, me. And the kingdom of God is not about you. It's about other people. And when you get with Jesus, trust me, it's not gonna be about you. It's gonna be about the people he wants you to touch through you. Christ in you, living through you, his love, his life, his ability. Gotta move from wimp to warrior. Got to do it. Who wants to do that? Come on, who wants to do that? Amen. Okay, let me ask you this. Who wants to stay wimpy? Anybody here want to be wimpy? They wrote a book about the wimpy kid. What was that book? Diary of a Wimpy Kid. Never read it. Don't know what it's about, but the title fits. Uh, wimps. We don't want to be wimps. Stand up at your seat. We want to be what? We want to be what? We want to do what? Fight. Fight. <laughs> we we want to be what? Warriors. Say it again. Warriors. Now say this with me. Jesus is my warrior. He lives in me, and he can live this life through me. We can do this, folks. You can do this. Take one step and say, I'm getting out of the boat with my gifts, with my anointing, with my abilities that God has given me, I'm stepping out and I'm being used. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Encounter Church, visit ecdenver.org or find us on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram.